Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. Bob Getty along with Luke Johnson at Dalton Stanford, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And it is the kickoff edition of the Eagle Hour, another week of Southern Miss Sports Talk every day at 1 o'clock. We're glad you're with us. This segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, the place to go the next time you have a special event. They're catering specialists. They've got a catering menu that can cater any event, large or small, your church, your office, your home, maybe your next tailgate. Give them a call. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located right next to the mall in Hattiesburg on 15th Street in Laurel and in a town near you. Glad to have them and thank them for their sponsorship of the show. Also want to thank Fuzzy's Tacos at 4th Street Bar and Grill for hosting us Last Thursday and Friday, Luke Johnson, I ate pretty good last Thursday and Friday and uh, enjoyed both both places. I did too, and, and it's always good to be in both of those places and just the people inviting us out. And, and you know, we, we didn't mention this Friday, Bob, but how cool was it to have that new equipment on hand right. at 4th Street to be able to sound, you know, have studio quality on the road. It was pretty good. Right. So we're looking forward to our, our next road venture. We'll talk a little more about that. Later in the show, also later in the show, Luke and I have got to spend some time talking about that super exciting football game last night between New Orleans and Dallas. I know Luke is smiling, and I got to tell you, uh, as a guy, as a guy that in a sense had no horse in the race, I was really pulling for the Saints. And uh, boy, Luke, they they're playing some defensive football down in New Orleans. I'll save my smack talk uh, a little later on, but yeah, the defense has really really carried it. It's hard to believe um, that you can, you know, beat a team like Dallas without Drew Brees. But they did, and they did. And I've got some pointed comments towards Cowboys fans later in the show. All right. All right. Lee Roberts will join us later in the show, as he does every Monday, to recap the UTEP Southern Miss game from Saturday night. But first, we want to bring our first guest on the show. He was a tremendous offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, All-Conference USA from 2003 through 2006, Played on that 15th-ranked 2006 football team out of Wayne County, Mississippi. We welcome Travis Cooley to the Eagle Hour. And, Travis, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad to have you, man. I was doing a little research on you before I went on the air, and uh, you were quite the offensive lineman out of Wayne County. And you played with some pretty good ones, too, like Chris Clark and George Bastis, Robbie D'Angelo. you got to have a lot of good memories from uh, – from some really, really good years at Southern Miss, Travis. Yeah, absolutely. We had a, a pretty good, great line. You know, at one point we was pretty deep. Had uh, two deep ones and just rolled guys in and just kept on um, kept competing. And we had a great bond, which was really fun to have. Yeah, I was reading an article about uh, that was written after you guys had just beaten Central Florida uh, in uh, 2006, and and their coach. O'Leary was talking about how strong and effective the offensive line was and 
how difficult it was to slow down the uh, Southern Miss running attack. When you look at college football now, Travis, and nobody ever gets in a huddle, the quarterback snapping, clapping his hands, and and uh, that's how he's taking the snaps. And it just seems like it just seems like the day of lining up and really playing mano mano. Uh, football is on the decline. As a guy that played in an era where the running game was a big part of the game, what are your thoughts about today's college football? Yeah, I agree. Today it's just seen a little more finesse with a lot of the uh, spreads and um, quick passes. Um, I really enjoy, you know, the hit them in the mouth, coming off the ball, being physical. That's what we are all about. Um, at the time, we really pride ourselves on running the ball. So it's something that, uh, you know, some teams – um, still do it, but for the most part, um, most things got away from it. So. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. All right, uh, Luke Johnson, welcome Travis Cooley to the Eagle Hour. T. Cool, what's happening, Luke, my what's, man? What's up, buddy, man? Uh, we uh, see Travis from Wayne County. He's a War Eagle. I'm from West Jones. We were Mustangs. We were enemies in high school, but but he came in and, and we became good buddies. Travis, talk about what it was like uh, Southern Miss this year. Uh, you know, had some new guys up front. Coker Wright played left guard, and he got injured against Mississippi State. Trace Clopton last year as a true freshman took on the center position. What was it like, you know, coming on Highway 84, going down 59? You were playing, uh, you know, West Jones and other teams. I mean, you came in and played as a true freshman on that conference championship team in 2003. So, at the time, Luke, I was a, I was a red shirt freshman. But it, it's tough, man. You know, I really commend those guys coming in as true, true freshmen. And even for me as a redshirt freshman, um, going in, it was it was about the line. Um, I relied a lot on Jim Hicks at the time to kind of tell me what was going on the assignment. So it was very nerve-wracking. So I commend those guys for stepping up and playing the way they are. That's right. I forgot you came in in '02. We're only a year apart. So I was I was making you a younger man. Than what you really are, Cooley. But anyway, <laughs> but you remember in '03 and, and then '04 when when Hicks moved on, and you you look at '04, uh, we started that that year, and we, we we play at Nebraska, and I remember being out there in Lincoln and seeing how big those guys were. You remember um, some of the guys that you blocked against? Another one, my senior year, your junior year. You know, you guys were blocking Mario Williams up front, a future um, first round. Who was the hardest guy to block during your time to play? You know, it was on, a, on that same team with Mario Williams, I don't remember his name, but the D Castle, I think they both were like uh, first line drop picks that year. But I remember on um, the first play of the game, and normally you can tell from the first play how the game is going to go. So I hit this guy, and man, he didn't move in. And I said, Ooh, it's going to be a long game. <laughs> <laughs> It was they had they had Manny Lawson, and they had another dude. They had three first round picks off that that NC yeah. State team. But but they come next year, Cooley, your senior year, man. We whipped them in the rock, and I guess that was Damian Fletcher's coming out party. What was it like Absolutely. blocking for him in the backfield? Oh man, it was it was it was exciting watching him you know do his dance and get through and make those open runs and get those yards. Man, he was a fun player to watch. Um, had a really good time blocking him. Every time you get a running back like that. You know, there's a big reward for the O-line. So, Luke, let me ask you a question. Damian Fletcher, you, you throw that name out, and truly, is he He may still hold the record for the most yardage. I'm not 100% on that, but I know he's probably one of the top one or two running backs to ever play, but it's just not a name that seems to come up a lot when you're talking about great players at Southern Miss. you have any observation about that? 
Well, part of yeah. it is, uh, he, you know, he was one of the first ones. He was one the ninth player, I think, in NCAA history to rush for a thousand yards his, his entire year. He wasn't a guy that really flashed you with his top end speed. You don't remember him for that. Travis can echo to that. Cooley, you remember? You remember? It was uh, it was an 05. We were getting ready for bowl practice, and Coach Bauer asked uh, Damian Fletcher to stand up. He was on a visit from Biloxi. And you remember in that team meeting, Fletcher stood up. We couldn't see him because he was so short. And guys started audibly, like, laughing because they were like, this is our running back recruit? You remember that meeting? Right. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody looked down like, wow, this guy is so small. But, uh, man, I think I think you got to uh, – the, the instincts you have just to, for the football and the way you can see the hole is just special for, him, for a guy like that. So it really makes a big difference. You didn't have all the, the talking to in the world, but just having that instinct to uh, break and cut, man, with – Absolutely. Yeah, Bob, I think he gets lost um, because his first two years were under Coach Bauer. His last two years were under Fedora. Um, and then you had Edo Smith, you know, coming in mm-hmm. a little after him. And I think that's part of it. And and mm-hmm. Fletch wasn't on a conference championship team, and that's maybe another reason why well, he gets And, and Fedora out. really didn't use him to the degree Coach Bauer did. Is that is that a fair thing to say? He did in some ways, but, I mean, there were more weapons on the field and the way the spread offense was, they spread the love around a little more. Right. All right, Travis, look at this ball team right now. Uh, they come out of the, the first month of the season. They they beat Troy Alcorn and Texas, San, uh, Texas El Paso, lose to State and Alabama. Your observation of the 2019 football team? I mean, so far, I think they're on the right track. You know, just got to keep improving. Um, keep keep mind pads, run the ball. Um, keep passing that game around, looking pretty good, and we got a great pair of receivers, and I think uh, the feeling is a limit for those guys. Just got to keep being consistent. Uh, I have one last question for you, Travis, and and Luke may want to comment on this. I want you to fill in the blank. The better high school program between West Jones and Wayne County is? (laughs) Oh, no doubt about it, Wayne County. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. Is that right, Travis? Not, not, not either. Luke, he, he and I have been having that argument since 2002, so we'll just continue it today. Uh, did you guys play against each other in high school? We did. Yeah, Luke. We, yeah we did. Yeah, yeah. You were you were a, you were a sophomore in '99, and then you were a junior coach Hall's uh, first year. That's when y'all we beat y'all at West. Y'all beat us at Wayne County. No. Okay, that's right. So where are you now, Travis? What are you doing? So I live in Houston, Texas. Uh, I here working uh, with NASA as an industrial property management specialist. I got you. Well, look, man, it's good to have you on the show. We really do appreciate your time, and uh, we appreciate uh, you coming on. Best of luck to you, my friend. All right, thank you for having me. All right, Travis Cooley, everybody, outstanding offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles. Eagle Hour continues with Lee Roberts next. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
I want to thank Travis Cooley out in Houston, Texas, for joining us in the first segment of the Eagle Hour. Lee Roberts will be coming up in the third segment today. This portion of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They've got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. They change it out monthly. Right now, I'm sure you can find a lot of good football stuff, and I'm sure fall stuff has made its way to the shelves. Hard to believe tomorrow is the first day of October and you break out in a sweat walking from your car to your house. But uh, nevertheless, fall stuff coming in right now at Campus Bookmart. You can check them out online at campusbookmart.net. All right, the Golden Eagles uh, defeat Texas El Paso 31-13 Saturday night before a touch over 22,000 fans at the Rock. Jack Abraham 19-28, 354 yards and two touchdowns. The sixth straight home win for the Golden Eagles, but you had an interesting one-word description of the football game Saturday night, Luke. Yeah, it, the, the word I used, and this usually is to describe really mid-third through the fourth quarter, underwhelming. The first five minutes of the game were unbelievable. I mean, they were exciting. It was, it was what you wanted to see. We came out. We did not start slow. We came out. We hit them in the mouth on defense. Um, you turn around and you you drive down just in in like three plays and the great screen pass from Abraham to D Mike, then uh, you turn around hold them again and block the punt and, and then put it in, so fourteen to nothing just off the bat. I mean first five minutes of the game, and then the rest of the game, you just felt like you were watching like slow motion. It was like the game slowed down like to a crawl. And then, to be honest, the mid-third quarter through the end of the game, you felt like you were at a spring scrimmage. We really took our feet, our foot off the gas, and that's what was kind of frustrating to me. I want to ask Lee about that next segment. You just felt like you were content being up 31-6, to then they break a long touchdown run, and you're 31-13, to when you felt like you should have put 42-45 up on this team. Yeah, and uh, can you put your finger on? Uh, I think we've seen that before this year. I mean, I thought the I thought the best game the team played all year was the game at Troy. Uh, obviously, just outmatched against Alabama, outmatched to a, a lesser degree, but nevertheless outmatched against uh, Mississippi State, and and played a team in Alcorn State. In, in some senses, I find similar. Uh, to Texas El Paso and and won the game, but really didn't win the game in a dominating fashion. That to what degree does that concern you as they now move toward North Texas, Louisiana Tech, uh, Florida Atlantic schools like that? Well, you feel like they did that. They they were confident that they were going to win the game no matter what. So you felt like they pulled back a little bit and tried to concentrate on the run. But I'm telling you. If you have the ability to to just scorch people in the passing game, like do it. I mean, we were we were going all over UTEP on uh, you know on on Saturday. Uh, the the screen call first and foremost was brilliant. It was a double screen. Uh, he brought Quez in motion. They have a tight end out there. He he locks the uh, the backer um, right tackle gets out there and, and blocks and D Mike goes to the house. I mean, that, what a great call. But then you start what what I did see in the passing game, Bob, that I was thankful for. Coach Faulkner started taking shots. Like we did take some vertical shots, and you know there was a Quez caught one, then they overturned the call. Um, but I mean, we were it was a total mismatch in the secondary. I mean, it's what you feel sometimes what what Tua was doing last week against our secondary. But I mean, you know, get in get in twenty personnel, or, or get in twenty, or, or get just don't 
put tight ends in the game. Like in the mid-third quarter, we had two tight ends in the game trying to run the football. And I, and I get the fact that you're not going to be able to air it out 50 times against North Texas and Louisiana Tech. I get that. And I get the fact that you had the game won and you're trying to improve your running game. I get that. But if you have an opportunity to put up 49 points because they cannot defend the pass, throw the football. And that's why I felt like they really pulled it back some to focus on the running game. The running game, 168 yards, your best performance really of the year. Uh, but it still didn't look very good. All right, on another note, a little over 22,000 at the game. The first night of beer and light wine, whatever that is, sales, uh, clearly, it, it, well, let me say clearly, does not appear to have had any influence on uh, attendance. I didn't hear of any problems or any issues. Uh, what say you? Well, I was in uh, I was in section, uh, where was that, E, so I was towards the 50. And uh, we looked around, and to be honest, we didn't see – you know, that much around us. Um, I had some, I saw some shots on social media, people in, in other parts of the stadium. Uh, I will tell you this, um, the concessions were 10, 10 times better. Uh, they had, they had a, a refill line. Um, you can still buy that, you know, that $7 drink. You get free refills the rest of the game. Uh, they, they had, uh, Chick fil A was in there. Uh, but I'm, you know, you get a burger, a pretzel, and a drink for like six, seven bucks. Well, that's a I lot. Mean, that, that was, yeah. That was it was it was really good, but we didn't really see much of, of any of that other stuff around us. Crowd wise, um, it, it was it was pretty tough. Um, I'm sitting there looking at the east side, and then you know later on I see a picture on social media of where I was sitting on the west side, and it was basically a mirror of it. I will say this: the students showed up, and the students stayed pretty much through the mid uh, through almost the end of the third quarter. The student section was totally full. And that was really good to see. Good. All right. Elsewhere around the conference, Iowa beats Middle Tennessee 48-3. Florida Atlantic beats Charlotte 45-27. Cincinnati rolls Marshall 52-14. East Carolina beats ODU, Old Dominion 24-21. Western Kentucky upsets UAB. That's probably a surprise of the weekend, 20-13. Louisiana Tech struggles against Rice before winning uh, late in the ballgame, 23-20. Houston beats North Texas 46-25. 0-4 out of the conference uh, go CUSA teams, Luke. And, uh, you know, it, it, we've heard uh, other people in the conference say this. It just rings true. Until you start winning some of these out-of-conference games, you're just not going to get a whole lot of national respect. And uh, right now the conference uh, struggling against uh, any any good competition outside of uh, Conference USA. They are, and I was I was doing a little comparison with how the Sun Belt fared and how CUSA fared because they're most of the time you know our our twin in the group of five. Something very interesting to me, you know, the Sun Belt. I, I know we beat them, uh, and I know I know we beat uh, Troy and UAB beat South Alabama. The attendance, though, and we because we just finished talking about that. The attendance in the Sun Belt is far beneath what it is in Conference USA. It's really interesting to me. In some ways, they say it's a better product on the field, um, but Conference USA teams have much better attendance. But I think the UAB game, it, it was surprising. I can't remember. I may have actually suggested Western Kentucky Friday might pull the upset on that. UAB hadn't played anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just I think I did pick the Blazers. But Western Kentucky, that, the game was at home. Uh, I think UAB was exposed a little bit. I, I think here's here's the takeaway with Rice. I don't think Louisiana Tech played bad. I think Rice played good. And the Golden Eagles should should watch that game. That's going to be a sneaky game on their schedule. Um, that guy came in from Stanford, 
and so he comes from success. I think Rice is playing better. Uh, even though they're 0-5, kind of sounds weird, they're going to beat a couple teams they shouldn't beat in Conference USA. But the standings right now, Louisiana Tech in, in the West, 2-0. Southern Miss and North Texas, 1-0. UAB, UTEP, UTSA, Rice, 0-1. In the East, Western Kentucky all alone in first place, 2-0. Florida Atlantic, 1-0. Marshall and Old Dominion and Middle Tennessee haven't opened conference play yet. Charlotte and FIU 0-1 and 0-2. I think the biggest disappointment in Conference USA right now to this point in the season has to be North Texas. They get beat 46-25 by Houston. And uh, we heard so much about the mean green at the start of the season, Luke, and, and right now they look pretty average. Well, it's the same way with with uh, with what the Eagles feel. You felt like that North Texas, as good as their offense was last year, they had a really good defense. Their defense was exceptional, and they've lost some people on that side of the ball. And so when you look at what North Texas has done, even on the offensive side, because they can't outscore people, uh, they they got blown out by SMU, and uh, they got beat pretty bad by Houston. Both of those non-conference games, they've given up about a hundred points. So you know, going into October the twelfth, I think it could be really easy, almost like another Troy game again, where it's going to be a shootout, and the Golden Eagles are just going to have to score more than the Main Green. All right, three and two. Uh, now comes a week's break. I, I think we try to be objective and fair on the show. This is, I guess, from a standpoint of wins and losses where you had hoped you would be uh, going into the uh, open date. But you and I both agree we, we just haven't seen any flashes of greatness uh, out of this football team. Is this a good or bad time to take a week off? It's the best possible scenario. I mean, it doesn't help the fact North Texas has a bye week, too. They get a week, you know, to prep for you. But at the same time, um, you know, Mosley will be close to getting back. I'm not sure Coker Wright will. There's a chance Rakeem Booth's going to be back. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've gone, you've played five games. Three of those were a really tough road stretch. It, there's no better time. I just wished we would have um, – poured it on a little more against UTEP. But at the same time, the explosiveness, I'll, one, one caveat to, to your analysis on that, the passing game could be and should be electric in conference play. You know, we don't play that great, and Jack throws 350. You know, we don't, we don't, uh, we're disappointed almost for 31 points, but Jack said he left three, touch, three more touchdowns out there. I think the Golden Eagles have the potential to have the best passing game in Conference USA, and that's saying a lot, but they're going to need it to offset the running game. All right, Lee Roberts, he'll give us his analysis of Saturday night's game next on the Eagle Hour. Stay right where you are. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, the third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street, I speak from experience. Mm -hmm. They have good lunches. No kidding. They have very, very, very good lunches. 
Go check them out. 895 every day, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Go see Slade and the crew. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and a very hot but beautiful downtown Laurel. It's Monday, so Lee Roberts now joins us. He is the color analyst for uh, the Southern Miss Radio Broadcast, former Golden Eagle quarterback. Uh, Lee, 350 yards from Jack Abraham. The Golden Eagles could really do anything they wanted to in the passing game. Um, your your immediate takeaways for the win over UTEP this past weekend? You know, one, I'll say it's always good to get that first conference win. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, Jack is having an, an outstanding year throwing the football. Felt like it was one of the better games protecting, you know, Jack as well. And then, obviously, we finally were able to get a little bit going running football, one of our better games as well. I still think there's some areas that we need to get better, but uh, indeed, a, a good conference win over a, a not a great but an improved UTEP team. And uh, defensively, I still think there are some some things that we have to work on as well. But um, kind of the thing been all year long is trying to eliminate the explosive plays, and you know we still did. I know Kyle Oxley had a huge run from scrimmage against us, um, but again, I, I think we're going to be okay defensively as well. But um, it started started as hot as you could start. With uh, first, you know, first series scoring on a, a swing pass to, to Michael Harris taking it to the house, and then in the next uh, series we block a punt and we score two plays later. So it started really red hot, and I think that was kind of it was obviously the difference in the game. It was. Bob and I were talking about it. You know, if we don't start that fast, it's it may be a seventeen to to thirteen game. But um, you know, the defense, uh, I felt like they. I felt like they did play better. Uh, Hemby drops an interception. Um, you know, you had a couple other opportunities. I still feel like the defensive line should be getting more pressure on quarterbacks. You know, we've, we've played against some guys, obviously, that can throw the ball and, and move in the pocket as well. And, and really, both those guys on Saturday, I mean, none of them were, were great pass, and they did throw the ball to the outlets, you know, pretty accurately. But really, were never a big threat throwing the football. But I felt like they moved around in the pocket pretty good bit. I know we kind of felt like we were chasing the quarterback more than attacking the quarterback, and I know that's an area of concern as well. We've we've got some talented guys up front. We're doing a pretty good job, you know, stuffing the run a little bit. We've got some young young guys stepping in at linebacker. So I think all that kind of plays a big part, though. Uh, hey, glad you're with us again this uh, Monday, Lee. Uh, coming up next, uh, Golden Eagle is going to face what I think is fair to say is the best quarterback in Conference USA, uh, the fine kid out of North Texas. Two weeks to prepare. Have you seen uh, or did you see Saturday night uh, enough improvement in the defensive backfield play that uh, makes you feel good, worried? What about facing uh, Mason Fine? You know, when you play against a guy like Mason Fine, you know, he does a lot of things well. And talking about a little guy, but an accurate guy and a slippery guy. So he kind of he kind is a, a three for one when you're looking at a quarterback that's moving in the pocket. And, you know, like Luke said, we've got to be able to get pressure on him. We've got to be able to contain him. And then in the back end as well, we've got to be able to cover their wide receivers. And the more he's able to move around, the harder it's going to be to cover. So it's makes it even more important against them that we got to put pressure up front. Um, linebackers have to stay home, be ready for him to break out of the pocket. But, 
you're right. One of the, one of the better quarterbacks in conference just down there. We've got a pretty good one as well. But fine does move around really, really well. North Texas and Louisiana Tech, the next two teams on the Southern Miss schedule. Uh, fair to say that that the Western Division of the conference could be decided in the next two ball games. You know, it really could, and then obviously, you know, UAB as well, which has kind of been a right. thorn in our side. I, 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 I'm I'm gonna say that that you could slip up one time and still win the West, just because I feel like the West may kind of beat each other up, but you can't guarantee that. So I think you gotta go play your best game each and every week. And and honestly, I think this this open week is coming at a really good time. We're gonna hopefully get back a couple starters on offense, and hopefully get Raheem Booth back on defense. You know, after these uh, next two weeks, and and we're gonna need gonna need the full slate of players when we go against North Texas. You know, obviously we'll have them at home, so we'll have our home crowd. We'll have the home advantages, but um, we're going to need we're going to need all all playmakers on our side to be able to make plays that day for sure. All right, Lee. You know, I'm a positive dude. You're a positive dude. I don't want, I don't ever just want to be the cynic, but but I, I got really frustrated, and uh, I used the word uh, with Bob in, in uh, another segment earlier segment of this show underwhelming. I really felt like the third quarter, man, we just shut it down offensively. And I, maybe we're trying to work on the running game. But, I mean, it was just from the third quarter on, I felt like I was watching, you know, almost like a, a spring scrimmage. Do you think they intentionally throttled it down? And if so, like, you know, why don't you just go for the juggler? And, and if you can put up 45, 50 points, why don't you do it? You know, I don't think we – shut it down. I don't think that was our, our motive. I think obviously trying to get some, some things going, trying to work on a few things here and there. It, it was definitely an, an interesting game. I mean, we scored 14 points in the first quarter and there was 14 points scored combined in the whole second half. And even even more interesting was that fourth quarter. I'd say probably from three to four minutes left in the game, it seemed like the game just kind of moved fast. UTEP wasn't ready to stop the clock. We were just trying to run the ball. So you know, I don't think, you know, statistically, I, I don't know how we compared first half versus second half. I just know points scored. We didn't really score the points we need to. And and I think down the stretch, as Bob said a while ago, facing some of the better conferences, we need to score late in the game, or we're going to need that part of the offense um, for sure. We're not going to put the pressure on our defense at all at all times. So, fortunately, we, we had a, a big play early. Fortunately, Jack – was throwing the ball well, but I still think you know he missed on some some key plays. But I think some guys um, missed the balls as well. Quez missed a, a long pass down the middle, and you know was it lack of focus or or what? I think these guys are going to take this off week and this open week rather, because it's not an off week; it's an open week where they're going to continue to to get better and, and get prepared for the next contest. All right, Lee, let's go back to school. A, B, C, D, F, your grade for the Southern Miss football team after the first five games going into the break. Well, kind of like I said last week, I think we're exactly where we need to be. We're, we were supposed to be three and two after five weeks, and, and we are. So I'm, I'm glad of that. I'm, I'll, I'll give us an A for that because we've done what we've needed to um, as far as when the games were supposed to. Really, the first four games all against – bowl teams from last year so it wasn't against any type of pushover competition so i think we're doing the little things we got to continue to do the the things better um you know this is going to be a a team that's got a bright next seven weeks and it just depends on what we do with ourselves and you know how we prepare and and what we do when we arrive at the games on saturday so 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give us an A just for the first five weeks because we're supposed to be where we are. All right, we've got about a minute left. I'm going to get off subject here a minute, but I'm curious to get your perspective. I watched the New Orleans Saints last night beat Dallas a week after they beat Seattle with a backup quarterback, and I, I found myself in great admiration of, of this young man, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Put in perspective, Lee, how difficult it would be to step in the shoes of Drew Brees against two really quality pro football teams and lead your team to win both games. You know, just in the National Football League, it's it's tough anyway. I mean, week in, week out, you got to bring your A game. It's it's more than just throwing. It's more than just handing the football off. It's being able to lead a team. And, you know, obviously not a, not a huge production offensively for the Saints, but, you know, a guy being able to step in like that and, and getting the job done that he needs to, you know, hats off to Teddy Bridgewater. And you're right. Not not a tough, not an easy job to fill the shoes of Drew Brees, but you got to hand it to him for stepping in and, and what uh, what he's able to do. No, not with the Hall of Famer standing right there on the sidelines watching every move you make. Am I right about that? No, you you're exactly right. But in in his in his corner, he's got him helping him as well. So he's got to look at it as, hey, I've got this guy standing here helping me, rather than breathing down my neck. Because you know he wants him to do well because this is obviously his team and. If Bridgewater can help him through this time while he's out injured, it's going to help him down the road as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Saints can do. And Dak Prescott, real quickly, as great as is all the the press around him, or did the Saints show some vulnerabilities last night? You know, I didn't see the game, so I really can't mention, really can't mm-hmm. speak to that. So not. Not even really sure what to, what to say, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, I got you. Fair enough. We always appreciate your time, my friend. We look forward to having you back on the show next Monday. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. All right. Lee Roberts, everybody, who knows a lot about quarterbacking because he was a pretty good one himself, Luke. I know you got to have a big grin on your face, and we could talk more about it in, in the closing segment. But, Luke, I, I just have to say on your behalf, who that? I appreciate that. I've got some pointed comments for uh, Cowboy fans on the flip side of the break. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. I can't wait to hear this. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Gulfport Home Center brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Be sure to stop by Highway 49. Go see our friends at Gulfport Home Center. More room for you. More room for your family. Gulfport Home Center. Hudats played... Some defense last night, Bob. Coming into this game, we heard about how great the Cowboys were. We heard about how great uh, Dak Prescott is, how great Ezekiel Elliott is, how great Amari Cooper is. They're so good that Jason Witten even came out of retirement 
um, in order to uh, to be a part of that. My Saints just beat those Cowboys without Drew Brees, and all they needed was field goals to do it. What a night. What a night for the Saints. It was a great football game. You know, these 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 guys, uh, and I think it's particularly true in college football now, that these guys that say, oh, those old defensive games are boring, you know, give me a 55-51 Big 12 shootout bunk. How much more exciting could that game have been last night? It, it was fun watching that football game. And we invented a, a word. I think Al Michaels invented a word last night, quadruple coverage. Yeah. It threw one deep towards the end of the game, and Hudats had four rounds. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, Cowboys talking smack all week, Super Bowl run, all that stuff. I get that. We just beat y'all with our backup quarterback and field goals. Right. Well, remember like that's – how we won. Remember this about the Dallas Cowboys coming into the game last night. They're a media darling team. They had they were three and zero. They had beaten New York, Washington, and Miami, three not very good football teams at all. The Saints were cleared away the first really competitive football team that we saw them play last night. And what the Cowboys, yes, were competitive with New Orleans, but the Cowboys had full bore. They had all the studs on the field, and the Saints are without the leader of their team, the heart and soul of their team. Huge, huge statement the last two weeks about your hoodats, Luke. Huge statement. Here's uh, here's some things that have in common, Bob. Uh, the, the year that Fox News Channel made its debut was the same year that Bill Clinton was reelected president was the same year Michael Jordan and the Bulls were in the middle of their second three-peat run as NBA champions, the same year there were only 100,000 websites, the same year eBay had just launched its website, and the same year DVDs were being launched. When was this long time ago? It was 1996, the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. You're not getting yeah. any argument out of me for it. That's, that's a lot of yeah. research for yeah. that one statement, I've grown my man. Up, I've grown up my whole life hating the Cowboys, so you're not, <laughs> not going to get any well, argument out of me. <laughs> I got a lot of I got a lot of friends that are Saints fans, and that was just one of the the things that we were throwing out. But regardless of it, the Cowboys are a good team. So I, you know they, they are, and and they're they're really good. Marcus Lattimore plays big time in big time games, and he covered Amari Cooper like a blanket last night. The front four of the Saints, uh, just Davenport and, and Jordan, and and uh, the guy that came in from the Patriots, man, they, they played extraordinary. Demario Davis yeah. uh, is a Here, beast. Here's back the difference there. in your team, Luke. Here's the difference. For year after year after year, we see the Saints win games 38-35 because Drew, Drew Brees takes them down the field in the last two and a half minutes and outscores the opponent. And the games that we've seen the Saints lose, the big games that they've lost, they've lost defensively. But this looks like an entirely different animal on defense that New Orleans is putting on the field right now. And the two defensive teams that I've watched play this year that jump off the page to me are the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. Did you ever think you you would put the two in the same category? But I don't see how you don't after the way the Saints defensively have shut down two really, really better, you know, top echelon NFC teams in the last two weeks. The difference, you tell me if you disagree, the difference in this Saints team and past Saint teams or defense, that's why I think this Saints team stays relatively healthy defensively. They have a real shot at going back to the big game. 
Well, you got Davenport, you got Malcolm Brown came in from the Patriots. Rankins played last night. He was a little questionable. So you got four legit D linemen. And then Demario Davis and Klein. But uh, the secondary's always been a little shaky. But man, Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore is just a lockdown corner. The thing that the Saints do have going for them is it looks like Trubisky's going to be out for the Bears for a while. Uh, how crazy would it be if they don't lose a game before? I'll tell you what. If the defense plays like that, nobody, and again, it, they could have a terrible game. I get that. But nobody is going to beat the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees and that defense like they played last night. And nobody in, can. And in that place, man, that place, you know, I watched NFL football all day yesterday. All NFL stadiums are loud, the atmospheres are electric everywhere. But you just you can hear the difference in the crowd noise when you watch a Saints football game than when you're watching the other. I experienced it myself. Two years ago when they made a dramatic comeback in the last five minutes, and it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been at a sporting event with the noise. So you gotta you gotta give some kudos to the Saints fans too, Luke. They helped the Saints win that ball game last night. They did, and and that's why uh, the the dome is, is a special place to play. Need to mention this before we close: Jack Abraham, Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. So congrats to Jack. And maybe he will get that award several more times this season. All right. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.